0: Welcome everybody. We are back with another Call of Cthulhu scenario review. I am Nate, lost in time and space, and I am joined with today...
1: I am the man from Lang, host of the Whisper in Darkness YouTube channel.
0: And today we're going to be taking a look at a pretty well-known scenario, Dead Light. Set in the 1920s, this scenario sees the investigators driving down a country road in Massachusetts when a sudden encounter can see the group in a fight for their lives. From here on out, there will be spoilers, so any players in the audience share this review with your Keeper to see if Deadlight would be a good fit for your group. So now a lot of the players are out of the way, and uh, we can get into the full details of the scenario. And like most modules, Deadlight begins by laying the events leading up to the arrival of the investigators. And basically, in short, Dr. Webb, a doctor who had performed private medical surgeries for well-to-do families in the New England area, and his granddaughter Amelia Webb live in a rural estate outside of uh, Ipswich or whatever town the keeper chooses inside of Massachusetts. Dr. Webb gives Amelia a pretty handsome allowance, which ultimately drew the ire and jealousy of a local waitress and wannabe criminal Mary Laker, who ultimately convinces her boyfriend and a fellow confidant to rob the estate, and unbeknownst to the amateur criminals, inside the manor, they accidentally unleash a creature that doctor Webb had been using for his strange medical surgeries, and they'd broken the seal keeping the monster, keeping the monster at bay, and unleashing it. The players are introduced by having driving down the country roadside in the middle of a storm, they see Amelia Webb suddenly pop out of the road. They recommend that you have the players roll a drive auto check to see whether or not you hit the Hit Amelia, and what do you think about that man from Lang?
1: When I uh, first read this scenario, my uh, my mind immediately went to. Uh, I know there's a, a lot of setup given in the uh, the scenario itself about how you might run this as uh, either a one shot or part as a part of a campaign, and how you might spring it on your players as they are heading to another assignment uh, this may intervene. Personally, I think I would run this one by starting them actually after the crash. So the crash has already happened. The car is, is basically wrecked. The investigators are nursing possible concussions after their car has gone off the road and they see Amelia through the busted out windshield of, uh, of the car, which, uh, sort of throws the players right into uh, into the scenario and also creates another level of uh, that you can play with as the keeper that uh, they may be suffering head injuries from hitting their heads on the dashboard as the as the car uh, crashes possibly leading to concussions and other psychological effects that you can play on uh, as the scenario unfolds
0: yeah i can see why a keeper might be hesitant to do something like that as you they might see it as robbing agency from the players, but I feel like, as somebody who has run this for a group of players, um, that getting the players immediately invested in the scenario is, I think, one of the most critical things about this scenario in general. And I'll go into more detail as we uh, kind of go over what we would change about the scenario, but that's a I think that's a good suggestion. You know, you really want to have your players immediately invested. And whether or not they, you know, they hit Amelia is, you know, up to your, up to your discretion.
1: Yeah, I, I like the idea of creating potential memory issues. Like, how did the players end up on this road? Well, we've hit our heads. We can't remember. Who is this woman? Where did she come from? Things like that I, uh, I like to play around with. And I think it also has the, uh, I know one of the things that the uh, the scenario goes to great lengths to uh, discuss is what happens should the uh, investigators decide to just leave uh, in their car. And I feel like making sure the car is wrecked right off the bat so they can't leave is one of the the ways you can sort of short circuit that entire discussion.
0: Yeah, or you could have them run out of gas or something like that. So they have to go to the gas station. And that's another way that you can sort of force the issue with the scenario. The scenario also goes on to to say that Amelia suffers from amnesia or suffers from some sort of psychological trauma due to the events of the robbery and the the monster being unleashed at the estate. So if the players try to glean any information from her, she's not really going to remember much, and that can sort of be an issue... You know, like you were saying earlier, like how do you explain this to the players? And having the players hit Amelia right from the get-go is a really easy way to explain her her memory loss.
1: Yeah, I can I can see that how uh, the the trauma inflicted by the players may uh, may uh, cause them to be a little more interested in this uh, in this NBC than they might otherwise be if they had. Sort of just swerved off the road to avoid hitting her. They, bec- I think, they become a little more invested in the uh, in the NPC if they're if they believe they're somehow responsible for her or her current condition.
0: Yeah. So when I ran this for my group, I didn't have them hit her. I guess for a bit of context, they were they were on a train rather than driving in a car, and one of my players was actually the the engineer of the train, and during the snowworm a tree had like come over the the rails and they had to make a sudden stop and that was when amelia had popped out was like as the player was trying to stop she popped out and had to make an extreme an extreme engineering check and he made the check and like stopped just in the nick of time and it ultimately ended up winding out to not really work in my favor like you had said the players became distrustful and uninterested in her because it was like, why would somebody do that? We can't trust this person.
1: Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. I mean, the the game itself already lends itself to, uh, to a healthy dose of distrust. And I think for this scenario to be successful, you really need the players to come around to Amelia's side. And one of the avenues to sort of progressing the scenario was them eventually going to her home and one of the ways to do that is you know if they take care of amelia then perhaps she regains her senses long enough to direct them back to her house and if they have some if they don't trust her that's going to be very difficult to do because they're not going to be inclined to want to go through the walk through the uh through this massive storm in order to uh to help her out
0: or at the very least feel responsible for her <laughs> as yeah. they if they hit her with the car then mate feel obligated to at least bring her to safety if they don't bring her back home at least bring her to the gas station and that's ultimately where a lot of the investigation of this scenario happens is at the gas station and it's here that the the real cast of the scenario is laid out for the for the keeper we have 8 NPCs in total and they're really pretty well fleshed out and they're pretty easy to make memorable npcs out of
1: yeah the uh, the scenario does a really good job of providing both backgrounds for the npc as well for the npcs as well as their motivations and uh the the motivations themselves are just uh, marked down as bullet points so it's very easy to to sort of read as a keeper and get a pretty good idea as to what how each of the different npcs is going to react to the uh, to the investigator's arrival at the diner.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't really have to be a diner. You can kind of make this whatever location you feel is appropriate. You could have this be like a hotel or a hostel or I had it be a train station in my game and that worked very, you know, very much to the same effect and, you know, it's nice that the, mo- the that the module can also be very modular. You know, you don't have to set it in the 1920s either. You can set it pretty much in any time.
1: Yeah, you can, you can be as creative with this one as, uh, as you want. And I can imagine running it in, in all different types of settings. If you prefer the Old West, you can do that. If you prefer Victorian era, you can do that. Or if you prefer Cthulhu Now style of game, you can easily move it to a, to a modern locale and go ham. So once, once the players have a bit of
0: reprieve from the storm that, you know, the scenario really recommends that you play up. Having signs blow over, having trees, you know, knock down, the lightning striking, and the the rain constantly beating on the windows, you know, it tells tells the keeper to constantly remind the players that the weather is really bad. Driving is not really a good option for them. You know, when, once they have some time to sort of get to know the NPCs, you know, this is kind of when you can start showing hints of the of the creature of the dead light common things that i've heard are you know having a player go to the bathroom outside and having one of the npcs accompany them and then while the player is in the bathroom they see a sudden flash of light from underneath the doorway slowly reveal the monster you know very very similar to kind of slasher or horror movies i know alien kind of comes to mind when i when i play call of cthulhu a lot of the time because i think that that movie does a really good job of sort of slowly revealing the creature
1: and the and the scenario makes it pretty clear that uh should the uh pcs and the npcs hunker down in in whatever locale that you've chosen it walls are no obstacle to it so uh much like the movie aliens where the uh actors encounter the the monster first and then sort of barricade themselves in in the area the monster can certainly uh, make its way into the building and uh, terrorize them from there as well. But one thing I
0: would recommend that you do as the keeper is drop the hint that the monster is adverse at the very least to to lightning and electricity. Depending on what setting you're playing in, it's going to be easier or more difficult to do that whether or not there's power lines and things like that, but But this is a really important hint to give the players because you want to be able to to make sure that the players have a way to combat the creature in some way, especially if you're running this for a newer group like I was and you don't want to kill your players off from scenario one.
1: Yeah, that was one of my main concerns when I when I read through this scenario is that the monster itself is quite deadly and, uh. The ways to uh, kill it are few and far between uh, lightning and or and or electricity being one of them. One of the issues I I had with the scenario is that while it sort of mentions in passing that electricity and lightning is a is a potential solution to to defeating it, it doesn't really give you a ton of options um, to to do that. There is. There is a power generator that the investigators can find later in the scenario. Uh, The scenario also suggests they fashion some sort of lightning rod, which I'm not entirely sure how the investigators would go about doing that or whether they would even make the jump to that conclusion. I think your advice on giving very strong hints that this thing is affected by lightning is, is important because it is really one of only two ways, I think, that they can actually deal with this thing
0: yeah the other way being to return it back to the box in which it came from which requires the players to ultimately go to the web estate and find find the notes and find the ritual that cast the thing back into the box and while that can certainly be a very cool way to end the scenario at least with my group they didn't want to engage and go to the house at all And it became very difficult to coax the players. You want to get the players to the house some way or another, whether it's they decide to disengage and they stay at the diner and then you just have the monster show up in the diner and then they have to run. The house happens to be the closest place some way or another. You have to get the players to the estate if you. If you want that ending to happen, which is a little unfortunate.
1: Yeah, I think if you have like if the if the investigators hunker down in, in whatever locale you've chosen and are resistant to leave, certainly you can have the the monster get into the building. And then possibly that's about the time when Amelia begins to offer clues like, well, I have a place we can go sort of thing and, and sort of motivate everybody to to leave and then of course you can have there are many NPCs to choose from so uh, you can have the monster pick off some of the, the NPCs as the investigators make their flight to the house. One thing I would probably suggest is that if you're running this for uh, a relatively new group who may not be able to come up with a, a very articulate plan as to how to defeat this thing using electricity, the, the scenario does suggest that they can build a trap. Uh, I believe it's uh, they can make a, an electric, uh, an electrical role to create a trap. And I think as long as my investigators basically said we want to create a trap for this thing using electricity, that would be enough rather than having them have to come up with some sort of elaborate trap that they are that they're going to use. Yeah,
0: I would almost suggest depending on when you're running the scenario to have the estate maybe have a portion of its property, have an electric fence around it. That was something that I had thought about. Um, One of my players running this scenario was an engineer and, you know, liked to do stuff like that. So I thought it was very possible that he might, like, create a lightning rod and put it on top of the train or something like that. But they didn't come to that solution, and it ultimately ended up just sort of running away when the sun came out and... That was another criticism I had was that the scenario sort of just ends one way or the other, which can be good and can be a bad thing depending on, you know, how you use the scenario.
1: Yeah, I think the scenario depends on on the investigators making a couple of leaps in logic, one being how to defeat the creature and the other getting to the house at some point. And if the investigators don't make those leaps, then the keeper is sort of in this awkward position where the creature can probably easily kill an entire group of investigators relatively easily. And so if the investigators don't either come up with the solution of electricity or managing to to learn the ritual to get it back in the box, their basically only defense is to wait until morning. And depending on when you have uh, started this scenario, what time in game, that could be a long wait and probably quite anticlimactic.
0: Yeah, that was essentially what happened in my game. My players didn't want to engage with Amelia from the get-go. I had a very hard time trying to get the players to trust them. You know, they were making psychology rules... Psychoanalysis roles. One of them even used hypnosis to try to like coax more information out of her, and yeah, they just they could not trust her at all. You know, the the players just couldn't buy it. And eventually, what I ended up doing was I just had her like run out into the storm and try to like run back home. It was like, all right, screw it. Like if these people aren't going to help me, then I'm going to you know try and find help somewhere else. And you know, eventually since there was plenty of other npcs on the train that i could exploit i just had a couple of them follow along and then a couple of my players were like nope i'm staying on the train like that's that's how i'm gonna interact with the scenario but a couple of them did eventually go out into the woods and i had them go out into the diner and eventually i you know picked up a couple of npcs and then a chase scene happened and that was sort of the end of the scenario and And despite, you know, trying to get them to the house multiple times, I resolved it by just having a chase scene. It was very late at night, and, like, as the players got to the train, the sun came up and the creature sort of vanished.
1: It was a little disappointing. You know, the investigators have the crash where they either possibly hit amelia they end up going to the the diner and meeting the npcs and then eventually they're supposed to end up back at amelia's house where they discover the 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 crime that has occurred and and possibly the solution to to containing the creature although i should say that's not a not a guarantee either it does involve them doing some investigating i could easily see a group missing that part and and then again you're kind of back to the the whole we need to kill it with electricity uh business which is if they haven't made that leap either the uh, the keeper is in a tight spot again
0: yeah so as far as things that i would change about this scenario i would definitely have the players hit amelia it not only explains her you know sudden loss of consciousness and memory loss but it also gets the players invested in at the very least seeing her to safety whether it's you know they bring her to the house or they bring her to the diner you can at least use that in some way to move the scenario forward and i I actually think that the scenario doesn't give enough credit to Mary Laker because I find that if I was to run this again, I would actually make her the more important NPC than Amelia. Mary's the one that sort of sets the, the whole scenario up to begin with, right? Like, she's the one that's jealous of Amelia. She's the one that gets her boyfriend and their friend to ultimately rob the house, you know?
1: Yeah, the, the scenario makes it uh, pretty clear if you read Mary's bio that uh, she is uh, conniving and, and she is listed as the conspirator here. And uh, it goes on to say, you know, she's really she's pretty much willing to do whatever it takes to to get this. Uh, to pull off this robbery and sort of get back at Amelia in a way due to her, her wealth and, and whatnot. And, you know, Mary is slaving away at this diner and making very little progress in her life while Amelia is basically had it handed to her on a plate. And And I think the the scene at the diner gives you a really good opportunity to to build on mary and why she's why she's doing what she's doing and they even suggest that you know there's a gun available in the in the diner that she would she's quite ready and willing to use if uh, push comes to shove so there is a, a level of desperation there that uh, that you can uh, employ as sort of perhaps the uh the investigators arrive at the diner, and Mary is fine. But then, as the the night wears on, she gets progressively more unhinged, and and uh, you can build on that relationship between her and the 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 investigators. Because uh, I think, like you've said, Amelia starts out with amnesia, which makes her you know she doesn't have a lot to say at the beginning, and she doesn't have a lot to offer the the uh, the investigators. Whereas some of the other NPCs can fill in those details yeah the scenario
0: recommends that you keep amelia alive at at the very least to bring her to the house again you know so that the investigators can sort of piece together what's going on and i i don't necessarily agree with that entirely you know i i think i think it's much easier to have mary ultimately go to the house and maybe have the players follow her you know sort of like you were saying like As the scenario divulges, you can have her get more and more desperate. And maybe she just says, screw this, takes the gun, and goes out to the house. And now the players are like, well, we can't let this person rob and kill these people. Like, that becomes, I think, a much better incentive for the players to ultimately go to the house. And I think another thing that I would change, if, depending on when and where you're running this, maybe even remove the diner entirely or change the diner entirely and have just have it be a larger estate and have these npcs in the estate so that maybe maybe it's just the first house the pc stumble upon on the side of the road or something like that so that you're sort of bringing all of the pieces together rather than sort of having to come up with a way post hoc to get the players to the house which is ultimately where you you know where the scenario should be concluding
1: yeah you i that's a that's a good point i think if you if you reworked the scenario a little bit to make the the npcs say the staff at the estate and have the intrigue contained with on within the estate rather than sort of spreading it out and then having the creature basically haunting the estate at that point after a you know the the who done it of uh that happens earlier in the uh in the scenario that might be a way of containing it a little more because yeah like you said that the leap from in this case the diner to the estate is is tricky to make and uh, i think if the investigators know that there is some sort of dangerous creature lurking outside that they are going to be i think their first impulse will be to flee which is why I would suggest disabling the vehicles. Uh, there are some at the diner as well, but I feel like if you disable the, the investigators vehicle that's that goes a long way to preventing that and then just I yeah it's it's drawing that connection between the the two locations that is I think the the one of the biggest challenges. And uh, yeah, I agree. I think Mary's a much better antagonist. Amelia's r- sort of reminds me of you know the that she's sort of the MacGuffin in this. That she's just the object that you that you have, and that you have to figure out in order to to unlock uh, the rest of the scenario.
0: Yeah, they even added in this edition of the scenario. They gave her like a a silver medallion that has some sort of occult scrawlings on it. and it it advises that the keeper can sort of use this either for future scenario seeds or maybe even work it into the scenario somehow. Yeah, I think another thing that I would change as well is how the info how the information is laid out to the players while they can learn a lot of it from from Amelia eventually, you know, leaning back onto the, our first changes, Mary can divulge a lot more of the actual story, and maybe you could have Dr. Webb have some sort of journal inside the house that sort of details what was going on and what he was using the creature for, which I believe the scenario does to an extent.
1: Uh, yeah, I believe this scenario, it, it's just a list of dates in the journal as to I don't think there's there's necessarily a connection made between well maybe there is there's the rich he performs the ritual on these on these dates but I don't think it's spelled out clearly what he was actually doing with this with this box and the creature
0: yeah it's it's left I think intentionally vague but I think it's a little too vague you know I I think a good change is to make the monster make it easier for the players to find out like what exactly was going on because I don't think the scenario really gives you a lot of good tools to get the players there.
1: Yeah, we've we I think we've seen that in a couple of the scenarios that we have re- reviewed of late where they present this monster that is largely unkillable and Um, force the PCs to follow this breadcrumb trail to sort of piece together a how the monster ended up here and b how to defeat it and I don't think in either case these breadcrumb trails are thick enough to help the PC or to help the investigators figure this out it requires some leaps in logic that uh, I think especially inexperienced groups will have a have a tough time making. For example, when the when the investigators get to the house and they're confronted with this macabre scene, I believe the scenario is sort of implies that this will prompt the investigators to search the house for answers and i'm not entirely certain that is the leap i would make Uh, you know i don't think investigators necessarily think oh this has happened here so there must be answers here i feel like their first their first inclination would be to run
0: that is exactly what happened in my my scenario is i tried to leave the hints of the house elsewhere because as i was saying earlier in their view i had basically no chance of getting the players to the house so i had to put the hints somewhere so i put them you know i put them with an npc who happened to know the webs you know i i made i made a couple of the npcs the elderly couple like a well-to-do elderly couple and they had known dr webb so they were more than willing to you know sort of take amelia and the players again didn't trust these this old couple either so they they did some snooping around and that was when I sort of dropped some hints for them and and yeah it was it was tough to to get them to get the scenario moving
1: forward. Yeah, well you might be able to use that. I know there's the the elderly couple in the diner and you might be able to actually use those as as maybe they used Dr. Webb's services many years ago.
0: Play that was another way I tried to get to players there was that, you know, the elderly couple knew them and knowing Amelia they were like, okay, we got to like we got to go investigate and see what happened and the players didn't buy that. And eventually, you know, like I said, I had a chase scene, but during the chase scene I eventually had one of the criminals um you know, my big reveal was like having having him sort of, like, pop out of the corner of the woods and having the monster, like, electrocute him to death. And it worked somewhat, but, you know, I, I think you really got to, like, know your group. I think it's ultimately what I'm trying to come to is, you know, if you know that your players are going to engage with the scenario, then this is going to be great. But if you know that your players are like mine and they're going to see that disengaging from the scenario is often a good way of surviving the scenario then this is not going to be a good scenario for your group
1: i can i can definitely see that if if they disengage it really especially because the monster is so potentially fatal that if they disengage it really ties the keeper's hands and at that point you're like well i either kill everybody or they escape and I think if that was to happen to me, I think I would probably wrap up the scenario (laughs) as quickly as possible and and move on to one that was more to their taste. I think that's part of the buy in, though, that we we all make is when we sit down to play a role playing game is, you know, as the keeper, I have prepared a scenario and you expect your players to to buy into it to a certain extent, because if they don't, we're not going to play. Mm-hmm. and that's the that's the sort of contract we all enter into. But I think that the scenario itself is a good one. When I was reading through it, I mean it's very clear. It provides a lot of detail about the NPCs. The NPCs themselves are interesting. I think it's it's short enough that you could run it in a session. It can move at a pretty good pace. I think the the main work you have to do as a keeper is trying to figure out how you tie the two locations together and how you inform the PCs of the solution.
0: I liked the modularity of the scenario. Being a keeper that likes to run in different time settings, it's fairly challenging to find scenarios that are easily adaptable to certain time settings like the Old West and things like that. Like They can be difficult to adapt scenarios and Scenarios like this that you can very easily just swap a a name and a location and, you know, a time... And it really doesn't change the overall scenario is really helpful to keepers like me. So I really liked that aspect of it. And that was ultimately why I decided to run it. It was like, you know, after looking through some of the official material for Down Darker Trails, there really wasn't a lot. And having this scenario to be able to sort of quickly quickly set up and run was really nice to have in my back pocket you know, another thing i liked to like you said earlier the npcs are really great it's they're very well laid out and you know those bullet points can really help you when you're in the middle of the game trying to run the scenario and you've got those bullet points right there on the sheet it can make it very easy for you to to make those npcs memorable and to further get the players invested in the scenario
1: yeah i think the npcs have just enough they flesh them out just enough to make them interesting while keeping them straightforward their motivations are pretty
0: pretty clear and the scenario is you know barring player buy-in i do think it is overall a very easy scenario to run and while the creature can be very deadly you know you have a lot of control over it you know it is fairly slow moving so if you don't get rid of the players cars or if they have another mode of transportation then you know you can sort of set up a chase scene where the the thing chases behind the car in the storm and that can be fun as well you know if you intend to have your players survive but it can also be a nice a nice one shot or an introductory scenario you know where you kill the players off and sort of show off the the lethality of the system
1: yeah, I think I I like this one better than the uh, the one which was the one in the house. The I cracked and got, crooked manse. Yeah, the cracked and crooked manse, where sort of features a similar creature on the, on a lethality scale. But I think you've got a lot more control over this one because it it stalks and hunts and in the cracked and crooked manse, sort of once the investigators end up in the house, that's it's game on. And the creature is, you don't have a lot of choices for how the creature is going to act. Uh, I feel like this one, you've got a lot more, like it can, it can hang out, it can stalk the players through the woods, it can stalk the players to the, the diner, it can stalk the players in the diner if you want, you know, there's, there's really no limits to the amount of uh, the, the tension that you can build up before you uh, reveal this, uh, this creature.
0: True, and you could even, you know, you could have this thing be a recurring creature if you decide, you know, that you don't want the players to kill it off or, you know, perhaps they don't defeat the monster at the end of the scenario. You could have this thing kind of stalk and come back over the course of a campaign, which could be kind of fun.
1: Yeah, the the, uh, the scenario does give some advice toward the end about how to uh, how you could use this monster for for an ongoing campaign, especially if the uh, investigators don't deal with it the the first time around, and the the horror of realizing what they have potentially unleashed on the countryside.
0: I think the last the last thing I like about the scenario and I have seen a lot of people actually not liking this aspect so much with this new addition is the is the addition of the silver medallion on on Amelia Webb and I actually quite like that aspect. I feel like if you're going to have Amelia be an important NPC in a campaign or you know in the scenario that having that silver amulet in your back pocket can actually be really helpful i had thought that if the players had engaged with amelia and had gone down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out what the medallion she's wearing was all about that i could i would have that be a part of the ritual and maybe that like you need you need this medallion in order to like cast the spell or or something along those lines or maybe even have it be, like, a plot MacGuffin for a future scenario. Like, I do like that idea, and I think that if you're going to run this as a campaign, or even, as I've seen some people suggest, have a PC play the role of Amelia Webb, you know, if you're gonna do that, then that's a really interesting thing that you can implement.
1: I think it could go either way if you're introducing something like the Medallion. I think in in the scenario itself, it... They leave its importance up to the keeper, uh, how much relevance it has, and I feel as though if if you you make it too relevant, you in potentially you're once again in danger of sort of derailing the scenario if the investigators focused too heavily on the medallion when you hadn't actually planned for it to have any real important role. I think if you're going to put it there, then you need to give it i think it needs to have a little more meat on the bone there than just this sort of interesting thing that she has around her neck like you said you can incorporate it into the ritual or perhaps it can point be used to point back to the house again in some way but i'd sort of be reluctant to use it if it was just a a one-off thing because as we all know as as keepers and dms and gms that Players tend to attach importance to things that uh, turn out to be not important <laughs> in, <laughs> any, in any way shape or form and and giving them removing those those types of obstacles is uh, I think a, a good thing. It's like the you know the the color of the drapes in the diner. God knows if the if they become fixated on that, that can quickly sort of spiral out of control. and if they were to become fixated on this medallion i think you'd be giving yourself more work to then convince them otherwise
0: but it, it can serve to make amelia a more integral part of the scenario which i think is one of my bigger criticisms of this scenario overall but but i think overall this is a really awesome scenario you know whether or not your players choose to engage with the scenario as written i do think that there are tools in the module to allow you to you know, morph it into however you think would be best for your group. You know, whether that's changing the setting or changing how the monster works. You know, it doesn't have to be electricity. You could make another weakness for it and maybe make it more obvious to your players. So, well, electricity is a very, I think, easy one to do in a storm. You, you could easily make it something else as well. So mm. be creative on that aspect. You have a great cra- cast of NPCs to work with. You know, it's a nice one shot that you can easily integrate into a campaign.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's uh, I like the length. I like the NPCs. There's just I think as a keeper, you just need to sit down and and think about ahead of time how you're going to sort of connect the dots in case the uh, the investigators uh, don't do that.
0: Yeah, I, I think the way that I would sum this scenario up is that it's great for new players, but I don't think it's great for new groups, if that makes sense. I think you, as a keeper, really need to know how your players would react to something like Amelia, or react to the monster and plan accordingly. That's going to do it for our review of the Call of Cthulhu scenario Dead Light. If you enjoyed this review, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. That really helps our channel out a lot. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you all next time.